you were at the same time fighting cancer, doing your masters, and working full time. That's right. By law students. For past, present, and future law students. Bringing you information to help your career. This is The Law School Show with Rishi and Chris. with our guitar intro but that was some fantastic piece of playing my man thank you but you know what we're not so laid back about and what we're in fact really excited about is the call out we've got open right now we want to expand the people who are conducting interviews for the law school show and we're asking any law student across Canada to send us an application if you want to fit that role at info at the law school show Com. Exactly. It's not limited to any town, any city, any law school across Canada. If you're interested, send us a message. And if you're a first-time listener, just so you know, the law school provides hard-to-get information to our listeners, specifically focused on their career development, uh, right to your earbuds. Yeah, the, the purpose of what we are doing here is to talk to professionals in the legal market um, and understand how they got to where they are today. Uh, what mistakes did they make? What skills do they possess that allowed them to separate themselves from their peers? The kind of inside scoop that is gonna benefit you as the law student in getting to where you wanna be. So that, that is the mission we're carrying out here. And uh, we welcome all our first time listeners. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on board. Exactly, and before we get into today's episode, we just have a quick announcement to make that going forward, all of our weekly episodes will be launching on iTunes, Podbean, as well as Stitcher platforms. YouTube, from now on, will only be used for our video coverage that we provide. So any audio episodes will be on the three platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, and Podbean. Sweet. I think that's all we had to say. Yeah, let's jump into today's episode. All right, so who do we got on the show today? Michelle Moldovsky, General Counsel at St. Michael's Hospital. Yeah, and she is a really good example of somebody who kind of followed her passion, knew she wanted to get into health law, and uh, because of that passion, ended up exactly where she is today. Now, I was really inspired by her ability to pursue, pursue her career with such casual confidence. She just had faith that she would end up where she needed to be, and that's exactly how it turned out. Yeah, and uh, in the conversation, we also talk about what it means to be a general counsel. And the impact of having a legal master's degree on your career development. Yeah, she, uh, she got her master's from uh, York University, focusing on health law, and she speaks uh, a bit about how that has impacted her career. So it was a great conversation. RD, should we uh, have a listen to what she had to say? Let's roll it. Here's our conversation with Michelle Moldovsky. 
Okay, good afternoon. We have Michelle Moldovsky on the line. Rishi, my man, is here on my left. How is everybody? Doing well. Fantastic. So, Michelle, let's get it started. Can you tell a bit about yourself without speaking about law? Sure, I'll give that a try. Uh, I love to travel. I like trying new things uh, from food to different places to just having new experiences, taking dance classes or going ziplining or something like that. Nice. Um, I grew up in Toronto uh, and uh, I went to McGill University for my undergraduate degree and I took a major in religious studies. So that's a about me. Where have you traveled to lately? Uh, lately, I've been to the southern U.S., um, uh, to like Charleston, Savannah, uh, places like that. Um, I've been to Curacao, um, and uh, and a few years ago, I've, I've been to places like India and China as well. Nice. Which one's your favorite? Well, I loved India. I love China. I don't really have a favorite. I just have uh, different things I loved about uh, some of the different places. Awesome. So how did you decide to actually make the switch to law and go to law school? Well, I decided to go to law school because uh, while I was in my uh, religious studies degree, I started to develop an interest in biomedical ethics. And um, I didn't exactly know um, how I would get to a career in biomedical ethics at that mm -hmm. time. Uh, so actually, um, one day my uh, my dad found an ad in a newspaper for a bioethicist, and he cut it out, and he gave it to me. I uh, I kept that with me for um, all my years actually in law school. But um, that clipping wow. told me <laughs> that the route to being a, an ethicist um, included either. Um, a PhD in philosophy or a PhD in religion uh, or a law degree. Um, so I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I took uh, the GRE and I took the LSAT and I did a lot better on the LSAT. Uh, so that's how I ended up in law school. That's a good story. I like that. All born from the newspaper clipping. So what was your opinion from law, about law school? My opinion about law school was that I loved it. Um, okay. So I'm a huge nerd, right? Like I love to read and I love to learn and, and law school really uh, was a great place to do that. Uh, mm -hmm. So I really had uh, some of the the best years of my life, at, at least up till that point um, in law school. Um, I had a lot of friends and and interesting things I was learning. Would you have done anything differently in law school with the uh, benefit of retrospect on your side? No, I don't think so. Um, I wow, didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I didn't really have um, a specific path laid out before me. I kind of was just following what I was interested in um, with this belief that if I took things that I found interesting, I would find something interesting to do at the end of it all. Um, mm -hmm. And that actually turned out to be true. Um, so, so regrets, right? Like I, I tried different things. Um, 
I was taking health law and constitutional law and, and courses that I thought were driving me to my area of interest, but I was also trying different things and, and sort of surprised myself once uh, because I took a class in bankruptcy law and actually liked it. <laughs> well, no, that's a really good approach to law school, just staying open and uh, trying out new things until you find the one that connects. Yeah, it worked for me. Exactly. And then you ended up doing your LLM right after law school as well? It wasn't right after. I actually um, had been working for about uh, probably three years before I started my LLM. And what was that experience like? So that experience was great, hard, and surreal. So let me explain <laughs> that. Um, it was great. Um, again, I love school. I love the school aspect. Um, I had been out of school for a few years, so I had to kind of relearn how to do an essay. Um, but I loved learning and debating and, um, uh, you know, the, the relationships I was forming with fellow students and with professors. Mm -hmm. um, it was hard because I was working long hours at a full-time job at that time, and I was doing homework all weekend long. Oh, wow. I didn't realize you were doing both simultaneously. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so that was uh, that was really challenging. And then it was surreal, and that's just because life intervened. And um, what happened was I actually got diagnosed with thyroid cancer while I was in the middle of my LLM and, of course, doing this full-time job. Um, and I continued with all of that while I was going through my treatment um, just because for me it was it was a normalizing factor in my life. It kept me going and I was passionate about what I was doing. Um, but it meant that I was being faced with additional stresses and additional challenges and um, and that was that was kind of um, kind of beyond just difficult, it became surreal. So I have a story about that too. Um, that Please I, share. <laughs> I actually had a surgery scheduled for four days after I took my exam in medical malpractice, <laughs> which is not a good idea. That's just not a good idea. If you're, if you're thinking that surgery is ever stressful, Try doing it. <laughs> you're supposed to go into those with positive attitudes. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Holy. So you were, at the same time, fighting cancer, doing your master's, and working full-time? That's right. You have a tremendous wow. capacity. That's awesome. Where were you working full-time during the master's? I was at the hospital for sick children. And was that a, was that a law policy job there? It was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I was doing, um, uh, I think I had uh, a little bit of policy development in my job. My job was focused mostly on contract review, and I was mm -hmm. also um, managing um, the conflicts of interest uh, review process. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, so it was quite a full job. And how long ago was the master's program for? It was a two-year program. It's um, with Osgoode Hall Law School. They have a professional development program. Okay. So the good news is it is, in fact, developed uh, for people who are working full-time. Um, mm -hmm. But obviously, it's still uh, quite challenging to do it. Um, mm -hmm. It meant that I had three-hour classes 
on Thursday evenings, and then, like I said, I was using the weekends to uh, to get my my work done and to um, prepare for exams. Wow. Do Do you think you would have been in your current position had you not done uh, an LLM? So I don't think it's um, a necessity for my current posi- position. Okay. Um, however. Um, I actually work in academic environment, right? So um, the job I had at the time, uh, which was at a different hospital than I'm at now, and the job I have now, they're both at academic teaching hospitals, um, which means that it is really an academic environment. There are, um, you know, hundreds of students coming through uh, these hospitals, um, all the clinicians, uh, maybe not all of them, but most of them are teachers too. And so um, I was at the time relating to a lot of people who had PhDs uh, or who were actively involved in uh, in research science and science. And um, so having a master's degree was an asset in relating to folks like that. Absolutely. So how did your career unfold? from the time that you finished up that master's to where you are now at St. Mike's? Um, actually, you know, I'm going to go a little bit backward in time just uh, because as my career started, um, I thought I would sort of tell a little bit of the story that I actually graduated from law school to having no articling position. Mm. And I know that's a real challenge for a lot of people right now. Um, I worked at, in various uh, temp jobs, non-law jobs, for about a year before I actually secured an articling position. Uh-huh. And then I articled at a very small firm called Morris Silver Lewis. Um, it was three lawyers in association with each other, and um, I worked for uh, Michael Lewis. Um, and he had a general practice, so I was doing lots of residential real estate. Um, there were incorporations. We were doing wills, powers of attorney, uncontested divorces, and, and some small claims matters. Okay. How did you feel during that time when you were working those temp jobs and looking for the articling position? So I was... Um, you know, I, I wasn't really 100% sure that I was going to be practicing law because I always sort of saw myself as having a, uh, one, what did we used to call them, alternate alternative law jobs? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So I always saw myself as, as being someone who was going to have an alternative law job. And um, so I wasn't, on the one hand, I wasn't terribly, terribly worried, but on the other hand, um, I wasn't sure at that point, you know, where where was my career going to start, right? Because none of right. the jobs were career jobs. They were um, they were jobs. They were work, um, mm-hmm. but they weren't career type jobs. Did you ever think you were going to actually leave the field of law entirely during that time, and maybe go into something else, policy work and whatnot? Well, I was always interested, um, as I mentioned in. Uh, in the field of ethics. So I was gearing up to do something that w- was associated with um, health care. Okay. Um, and whether it be policy or being an ethicist or something like that, I don't think I had any idea. I mean, I think it's okay to not really know what you're going to do. For sure. 
Um, so I don't think I had a, a real clue. But I did start to get interested in um, in volunteering for a research ethics committee. Um, mm-hmm. And so while I was articling, I did become a volunteer on a research ethics committee at the University of Toronto. Um, and that really uh, put me in a position to be able to actually get my first real law job. Um, uh, and to be on a research ethics committee, basically what we were doing was reviewing scientific proposals by um, researchers who do health sciences research. Um, and we would review those proposals uh, for ethical issues. They might uh, be around consent issues, privacy issues, or just looking at what's the impact on a research participant um, to be participating in this particular study. I like how throughout your early career development that you, you kept on hitting signposts along the way that were directing you toward where you are right now at the role at St. Mike's. So. Did did that kind of trajectory continue from the point where you finished your master's to when you um, started as general counsel? I think it did. Um, And and none of it was planned. Um, It was really just a sense of what I liked and what I didn't like. And I I would just take opportunities that seemed to fall into what I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the the way that um, articling and the bar admission course was set up at the time uh, was that after I finished articling, I was going through what was called the bar admission course, which was four months of courses and then exams. And at that point, there were a lot of people still looking for their first real law job after articling, and I. Um, had this idea that I was just going to take time off because mm-hmm. I had been going through school and I didn't feel like I'd had this break. And I don't know why I, I, I feel like I needed some kind of break. That's just what my life was. But um, I thought I was going to travel and take a whole year off. Um, so I only applied to one job. And um, the one job was... Um, that uh, and it was sick kids had this um, opportunity to do policy development in the area of research ethics, and I thought, well, how perfect is that? Because I've I've been volunteering on this research ethics committee. This is very close to what I thought I wanted to do right from the get go. The newspaper clipping almost said that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, it wasn't that far off. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so so that was the only one that I applied to, and I thought if I don't get it, I'm still going to go traveling and and I'll you know figure it out at the end of the year. Uh, so I actually booked a trip um, that was a, a one month trip, and then I get a call back and I'm told, oh well, we'll give you the job. It's going to be four months on contract. And I said, well, the only problem is I'm going to be away for one month of that. <laughs> Um, so what they did was they they hired me for one month to write a couple of policies, and they kept looking for someone for the rest of that job, uh, which meant that when I went away for my one-month trip, um, I didn't know if I would have a job coming back. And 
and I did though. Uh, I came back, and it turned out that anyone else that they wanted to bring on was was just sort of above their price point, which was lucky for me. So that was my first kind of law job, and it was in policy development, so it was an alternative law job, um, and it was um, it was really exciting though. It was about clinical trials and and research ethics and conflicts of interest and consent in research and a variety of mm-hmm. of really interesting issues. So when did you actually take on the role of uh, general counsel in your current role? Um, I took on that role. Uh, almost three years ago. Okay. So um, I've been at St. Michael's Hospital for uh, seven years now. Um, so I actually um, was doing uh, a council position within our research department. So I was in the legal department, but supporting our research department uh, and still working with many of those issues. But at that point, I'm dealing with corporate commercial law, intellectual property, and and, um, mm-hmm. and health law. Can you unpack your current career for uh, current role for us a bit? Uh, just what does that role entail, and what are some of your responsibilities as a general counsel? My current role, if I had to kind of uh, distill it down to, to its essence, is uh, getting the right lawyer to the right job. Um, and uh, I have an accountability for um, for the legal spend uh, on behalf of the hospital um, and for the quality of legal services. Um, so I've got to uh, be aware of how we are finding um, counsel to to meet the needs of the hospital. Um, so that that means understanding the needs and then determining whether we're using our in-house counsel to deal with something or our external. Um, it can mean uh, putting out a request for proposals uh, or a competitive bid kind of procedure to to get external counsel, or it can mean um, uh, you know choosing from counsel we already use. So that would be sort of the major essence. I am the head of the legal department here. I'm on um, on our senior management, um, so so I've got a leadership role. Um, and uh, in addition to that, and providing legal services myself, um, there are, we do have various policies here that set out the kinds of things that um, people are suggested to consult with me on. Um, and then we have other policies that set out things that I'm supposed to approve. Right. So, and if if you had um, all things being equal, um, if you were to keep um, a legal issue in house or send it to external counsel, would you choose to keep it in house? Um, I I do try to keep most issues in house if they don't require um, specific expertise that we don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the really important things about uh, my role is that I'm I'm a bit of a generalist. That means we deal with everything here. Mm-hmm. So I need to know my limits, and I need to know the limits right. of my team. Um, so that's critical, and that and and that means that you know there are going to be times where we need 
we need specialized legal advice from someone who just has much more depth on a particular issue. Uh, and then uh, there's quite a lot of um, uh, sort of litigation that we would farm out. We don't. We only have one person that in-house that I would consider to be a litigator. How many lawyers are there in-house at St. Mike's? So there are four of us total. Um, I have a counsel who does labor and employment law. Um, she's our litigator. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and uh, she actually works half-time. So I guess overall that's three and a half lawyers that we have. Okay. Um, I have uh, corporate counsel, and um, corporate counsel supports uh, procurement and uh, dealing with uh, technology agreements and some leasing and things like that, corporate and commercial law. Um, And then I have a counsel who supports the research department, and that's that's a role that I used to have uh, before I became general counsel. Um, and it involves um, health law as well as corporate commercial law and also intellectual property law. So we know you, you spoke a bit about your uh, your responsibilities that you have at a high level. What does your, if you were to look back at your last week, uh, what are some day-to-day uh, challenges that you were facing? So every day is different. Um, that, that's kind of nice. <laughs> it really is. Uh, you know, from even the time that is spent in a particular day to the kinds of requests that come in, they're they're really different. Um, so, you know, this week I've been dealing with um, a number of, of different kinds of issues. It's really hard to talk about one specific week. Let me just say that within any given week, I could be dealing with um, things that that relate to um, that relate to maybe privacy issues or to um, um, healthcare regulations, like um, uh, dealing with um, physician regulation, for example, um, to corporate issues. Um, negotiating some kinds of contracts. Um, it, it really does run the gamut. It, it could be anything. So is the majority of your time spent more in a management role, or are you actually executing billable hour type legal work at St. Mike's? Well, I'm or, executing, or both. Yeah. yeah, I'm doing both. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm doing both here. I, I do uh, provide legal advice. Um, that's part of how we've uh, developed the role here. Uh, And, you know, general counsel can be doing different things at different places because the the role can be construed very differently. So there are definitely some places where it would all be management work. Uh, But but I'm actually doing some of the legal work as well. How many hours do you find yourself working a week? I would say it ranges. Um, you know, some days I have uh, I have early morning meetings where I have to come in for a 7 a.m. meeting, yeah. um, and uh, other days I might be staying late. Um, you know, maybe maybe until 8 p.m. or something. Um, so uh, overall, I would say the range might be between 45 to 60 hours a week. Okay. So what are some of the benefits uh, of working in-house as opposed to working for a private firm? 
So my private firm experience is limited to articling because I've been in hospitals now for uh, for 15 years. Um, but I would say that uh, it, it comes down to the one client. Um, and, and that means that um, in-house, you're getting to know the client really, really well. Um, there's an ability to build relationships at all levels of the organization. Um, there's an ability to see a matter from the beginning to the end. Um, and sometimes to see what happened before we decided to do maybe a particular deal and what happened after that whole deal was completed as well. So it's really, you, you can you can get a very long-term view. Mm -hmm. um, I think for, uh, for junior lawyers, what's exciting is there's often an ability to um, start uh, interacting directly um, with the, the client, um, and that means like the internal stakeholders in, in the organization, right, um, right away. Um, so there's, um, there's, mm -hmm. there's no need to have a filter where things have to go to uh, somebody at the top before, it, before work filters down, you know, to, mm -hmm. a, to a more junior person. Um, and I think ultimately that, uh, and here's where I think there's a benefit to the client as well, to have somebody in-house. I think the impact to the client is increased by having somebody in-house. Um, the, the relationship is much less likely to be matter-specific, like, so it's not matter-specific at all. Um, and it's not necessarily um, area of law-specific or type of issue-specific either. Um, and there's an ability to um, to innovate in terms of how the client accesses legal services, when they do, who is going to whom, and and that I think can provide a much larger impact. Um, yeah. An example of that might be that uh, we can train certain departments to look out for certain issues. Uh, so that they're limiting when they need to come to us for legal advice on those issues. Mm -hmm. um, it, also, it also sounds like there's just the diversity of the different areas of law you practice. Uh, it's, it's a very generalist approach, and it keeps it exciting as well, I'm guessing. I think so. I love the variety of it. Um, yeah. And it is, a, it is very much a generalist kind of approach. So what skills do you think have made you successful in your role, Michelle? Um, so I actually think that my – yeah, that's always difficult to talk we about, right? What brag. are my we skills? We need you to brag a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that uh, what's made me successful are my analytical and critical, think critical listening skills, my critical thinking okay. as well, but my critical listening skills really. Mm -hmm. um, my – Ability to maintain composure, um, having some diplomacy, and and my ability to calm other people. I think those are the key elements in in me being able to guide decision makers to make the best decisions. Yeah, it sounds like it's uh, risk management and stress management at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, what, what are some things that you really enjoy about your uh, work? 
Well, the first thing I enjoy about my work is uh, that I get to help people. And I'm helping people who are helping other people. Um, so it means a lot to me to be in an organization that um, that, that really is committed to helping the poor and, and the disadvantaged. Um, so that is the first thing that um, that I really like about my job. Um, there are a lot of other things I like about my job, though. Uh, uh, you know, doing law was... It was funny when I first got a law job. It felt like winning the lottery because I couldn't, I couldn't believe that somebody wanted to pay me to read for a living. <laughs> um, so that was a lot of fun. And then I got asked for my opinion over and over again. That was amazing. Um, so yeah, so I love the variety of the issues that I'm dealing with. Um, I love working with people I work with uh, because. They're all dedicated to helping people, so it's a great feeling. I like how it seems that you knew yourself very early on in the start of your law journey, even during law school, and how you really had a lot of faith in how that would bring you to the place you needed to be. Um, so how, do you feel like your work has shaped you a little bit in some ways, um, in the other way? It's interesting. I haven't really thought of it that way. Um, I think I shape my work, but but my work does yeah. shape me as well. I think it's uh, it's what I choose to do is a part of who I am, um, and and maybe that's just because of how I've made my choices. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely pretty closely um, closely linked, and it's nice to hear a story like that because. Um, we've heard many others where there's a clear divide between what the person wants on a, like in a big way and what they're actually doing in law, yeah. although they're able to do law effectively. So it's, it's really um, beneficial for people to hear a story like yours. So good for you. That's, that's yeah. a nice one. I love that. Do you have I, any, uh, I think it's a lot of luck, really. Uh, well, but it's also I think you're being a little bit modest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit modest. Uh, do you have any departing pieces of advice for students who are uh, starting on their legal journey and some things they should keep in mind? Uh, well, I, I think I've probably mentioned how much I like variety about 85 times. But um, I actually think that students uh, would do well to try different things. Um, especially if they're not 100% sure exactly where they want to go. Um, don't get caught too early on one trajectory because if you do try different things, you may find that either they are more closely aligned to what you want to do in the end than you thought or what you thought you wanted to do um, wasn't the only option that actually meets your passions and your, and your goals. Or, in my experience, you just realize that you don't like some things, yeah. which is also very valuable to to come to that conclusion. So, thank you so much, Michelle. I think that that was a wonderful discussion. This is The Law School Show.